Hi, I'm Hannah, team manager with the Orange Arrow Players Association, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to coach student athletes to aim for success off the field. Please consider making a play by giving, posting a friend raiser, subscribing to our podcast and YouTube channel, and staying connected on social media at Orange Arrow PA. Visit orangearrow.org for more information. Thank you for listening. Take aim. Welcome to Inside the Play Call with Orange Arrow, and I'm your host, Sean Robinson. And today, we have a very, very special guest, my guy, Chad Van. Don't forget the space horn. Chad, what's up, man? How are you? How's it going, my brother? I really appreciate you having me on. This is awesome. Man, thank you for your time. So I said, don't forget the space, man. So that's between, you know, that's what your last name. So Van Space Horn. So like... How often do they forget this space? How, how often do they mess with your last name? And how frustrating is that for you? I, I was just in court and a judge called me Mr. Horn, man. It, it, it hurts. It hurts. It really hurts. It's Van Space Horn. It's very simple, two very simple words, um, but it, it's got screwed up my entire life. So I'm used to it now. Absolutely. So you're used to it now. You're used to it now. <laughs> so, so, so Chad, man, you understand the importance of warming up, you know, being happy, right? Of course. I got especially, especially being an old athlete now, I really need extra time to warm up. <laughs> that part, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I got a couple warm-up questions. Here we go. Let's do it. Now, Chad, if you're going to listen to one musical artist for 30 days straight, only one, their entire discography, who are you choosing? Man, that, that's a tough question. Um, the obvious answer for me, because I do listen to this artist for 30 days straight, I pretty much listen to him every day, is Kanye West. Wow. Um, yeah, I love Kanye for 20 years. Actually, I saw him in concert uh, 2002. He opened for Black Eyed Peas and he had uh, John Legend singing for him, playing the piano. So one of the best concerts I've ever been to. I've been a That's huge amazing. fan, huge fan since the, the ups, downs and sideways. I'm kind of a loyal guy, man. So I, I, I can listen to him first album, College Dropout, all the, all the way through Donda. And uh, the- absolutely. All the way through, I was going to say, Donda, 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 Donda. As soon as I came on in the house, I was like, yo, my wife was like, yo, wait, what's going on here? Well, well you know, actually, and, and what, what I like about Kanye's music is he just has a depth to everything he does. And, and the Donda chant actually represents her heartbeat. And a lot of people don't realize that. And that's why it fades at the end. And um, so, yeah, so most of the things that he, that, that he has produced has significant meaning but you actually have to read and look into it and look into his history so uh so yeah so that that that's actually a relatively easy i, I love all types of music but i'm uh, obviously a huge hip-hop fan and 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 my man kanye i, I could listen to him i guess it's going now legally you're going yeah you're right you're going yay. <laughs> and so 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 now do you go into his fashion as well or are you sticking with his music like you have the shoes and like are you you, you take it to that level bro come on man I got my I got my Yeezy zebras on got right here, Yeezys bro. Yeezys on as well. Wow, you really rock with Ye. I, I I don't make this stuff up, man. I, if I'm in, like I said, I'm all in. <laughs> all, right, all right, here we go. Here we, give me a line. Let me see if I can guess the song. Oh shoot, man, you're gonna put me on the spot. Let, let, let me come up with something. Well, actually, this isn't from his album. Okay. Uh, this is from this is from a mixtape that was just. A, actually, no, there's too, too many curse words in that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so so actually my my favorite track, my favorite track that I uh that I rock out to, especially with charities, is all the lights. Ooh, that's um, a good one. All so the I, lights I, are here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, and that that's the one that I, I I was on a runway. Uh I was doing a charity model event and that's what I came out to. I thought that was good. Uh Dark Twisted Fantasy is probably my favorite album. Mm. Uh, and um the See all the lyrics I like, they have some innuendo that I I really don't want. <laughs> no, no, I got it. That's nothing. I got it. I got it. I'm with you. All of the lights. We're seeing the hook. Yeah, we're all the lights. There we go. <laughs> there it is. And so, Chad, if you had to be on a reality show, it could be current or from the past. Which reality show would you be on? Man, reality shows. You know, I actually got invited to do a reality show years ago. I believe it. Yeah, it was Chili from TLC, and they were doing, they were looking for people to date her. And oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I actually got invited to do that, and I, I turned it down at the last second because that was just going to be awkward, man. <laughs> like, what do you mean? First that, dates that are awkward change. enough. <laughs> and, and I was like 22, I'm, I'm broke, and we're going to go to some fancy place in Miami. And they might and they might expect me to pay, and then that's gonna right. be really an issue. <laughs> so, um, but back to the question. Uh, that's really cool though. I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, so so I, and I felt like I was gonna get set up somehow and it, and it was gonna be a bad look that was gonna stick I'm with gonna be there. So yeah. uh yeah, so I didn't want to do that. So actually what I considered before and um my best friend Layla, I wanted to do this with her was the amazing race. Ooh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, no, that would be dope. I'm, I'm competitive. I love I love traveling. So I, I I think I do all right on that one. That's great. Shout out to Layla, Dr. I. That's actually how we met. So shout yep. out to Layla. She's the best. For sure. Yeah. Um, last warm-up. Favorite TV show of all time. Until if it comes on right now, you'll sit down and watch the episode. You know, we gotta be careful with this warm-up because I've done warm-ups before and that's been basically my entire workout because I get so tired in the warm-up that I just have to end it there. So hopefully I have a little more stamina today. <laughs> um favorite TV show. Whew, so many good ones. So I'm gonna go old school. I'm gonna go say by the bell. Whoa. Way back. That was my yeah. joint back then. That, that, I feel like that helped me get through high school. Like I, I you got a little Zach Morphe, you dog. Come on, man. Of course. Kelly Kapowski was my girlfriend growing up. <laughs> right? didn't know it. <laughs> Lisa turtled everybody, dog. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lisa would have been my BFF for sure. Definitely. <laughs> That's super dope. Super dope. Well, take us back, man. Childhood, you know, your hometown. Talk a little about your family and then your early introduction to, uh, to sports. Take it away. Man, man. So going back, uh, I grew up in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, which is a, a suburb about 15 minutes outside of Pittsburgh. Um, soccer actually i started playing soccer at a super young age um i i it's it's in my blood my my grandfather played for played for the national team my uh my great uncle is in the soccer hall of fame u.s soccer hall of fame wow so i'm talking three four years old i'm, I'm out there on the soccer field playing that so and and uh, that's where I, I i learned so much discipline and everything um i have an older brother so he's about four or five years older than me and uh and a single mom my dad my dad passed when i was one and um and really my grandfather was my first coach and um you know we'd go out there and he'd teach me all these awesome moves and especially at a young age when you had that coaching uh, it set me apart so i i, I was playing <laughs> up, up levels and whatnot and they're like how's this guy how's this little kid learning all this and i 
the little secret was I had some of the best coaching that you could possibly get. So that was, that was pretty dope. That is really cool. I had no idea about the, um, like that part of your story, the soccer. I know you lost your dad such at such a young, uh, young age. Mm -hmm. The, uh, <clears throat> and so, so when you think about the, uh, you know, Moroville outside of, out of, out of Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh is such a huge sports town. Like, were you a fan of some of the local teams? Yeah, man, I, they, they indoctrinate you young, man. Like, they, they put a terrible towel on you while you're in the, the hospital still. So that's a real thing if you look it up. So um, it, it's crazy. Yeah, you have to, you basically have to be a fan. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a Pitt Panther fan. Shout out to you. ACP. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I ho hopefully national champions and a husband winner this year. Uh, anyway. How about that? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, um, Penguin fan, and and of course, actually, the Pirates are my first love, uh, but they've broken my heart so many, so many times. <laughs> it's right. hard, but I keep going back. <laughs> got you, got you. <laughs> you love the agony, just like yay. No matter for sure, hundred percent, hundred percent. Again, like like I said first, I'm loyal. <laughs> there it is. There it is. And so. Any interest outside of, outside of sports for you growing up? Man, grow, growing up, I, I was actually a worker, man. I worked a lot. Um, so um, my, my mom and, and my grandparents and my family, my aunt actually just passed away. They were, they were big on education. So right, I, was, I was big in education. Uh, so I always had to keep my grades up. They, they were always looking for those straight A's, um, which, you know, when you get used to doing something and when you know what, when you understand what the standard is, you kind of just get used to it. And, and that was expected. So uh, that was num number one was uh, education. Uh, number two was sports. And then probably number three uh, was work. Uh, I started working. Actually, I wrote down all the jobs that I worked since since I was a kid. And I, it was somewhere around 40 jobs that I've worked. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, 40 jobs. Starting with, I was delivering papers at, I think it was five years old. My brother had a paper route and he would hand me the paper and I'd run it to the doorstep. And, and, and that was, so it, was, it got some of my energy out and I made a little bit, little bit of money as, as a kid. So, oh, so he paid you? Yeah, well, I probably got ripped off on the deal. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was five, so I didn't know any better. What? what so it was cool. It was cool. So yeah, so working, um, my, my favorite job back then, uh, I was a rock star. I worked at a uh, Foot Locker, so I got 30% off shoes. So everybody loved me. At the Morovo uh, Mall? Yeah, Morovo Mall. Yep. World Foot Locker. Wow. Mall. Yep. So, you know what? You would be the plug that I would look for like, when I was in school because if you had somebody who worked out like a Foot Locker, you, you get that discount, you get them the money they buy the shoes for you, it was a win. Man, or let me know when the Jordans are coming out. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And they would let us use our discount and we could get three pairs of Jordans too. So I, I would buy, I, I'd buy a pair and then I'd, I'd auction off the other two of the people in line that I knew weren't going to get them. So I was a little bit of an entrepreneur even back then. <laughs> back then. Back then. Speaking of that, like, did you see entrepreneurship around you? Because we're going to get to your career now. I mean, mm -hmm. you've been very successful in the space of entrepreneurship uh, with your law firm. But where did that come from? I know you got this work ethic. Did you see that around you? Yeah. Family, so, what have you? So, um, so my mom actually worked in a stable career for you know 30 plus years for the same company. It was a young brand, ended up being young brand. She started with Long John Silvers, but then they got acquired and whatnot. So she stayed with Long John Silvers for a really, really long time. And I think part of that stability was because she was trying to make up for uh, the beginning where we didn't have such a stable life. 
we had to move and different things because of, you know, my dad's passing and everything. So I think that she went the conservator route to just make sure that um, she had a solid career that, that, that would, um, and she's a university of Pitt alum as well. So that's, that's my love for Pitt. Um, so yeah, so she stuck with that. My, my dad actually was the entrepreneur. Um, he had a, a vending route. He had a video game route. So uh, again, I had the cool house growing up because we had the full size, like Miss Pac-Man, Tetris, Galaga. We had all those games in my basement. So, uh, all my buddies would come over and we'd play. So that, that, that's where I think that initial entrepreneurship came from. I'm going to interrupt, uh, right now because you're probably speaking to the best Pac-Man game player. So anytime you want to challenge your boy, like say less. So, uh, so let, last year I went down to the Keys. I know this is going back two years ago, and I walked into this random place, and they were having a Pac-Man tournament, and oh, wow. it was it was, it was awesome. super random. Yeah, so it was super <laughs> random. So I was having a couple of drinks. I was like, all right, sure. It was like twenty bucks standard. Go in there. I want it, of course. I haven't played in whatever years, so I, I'm I'm down. We'll, we'll, That's we'll, dope. We'll do it right after this. I, I know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's super dope. Man, I didn't know they even had Pac-Man tournaments. You had to be in some random spot, boss. <laughs> that, that's in the keys, man. It's just random stuff down there. <laughs> and so, so talk about high school sports for you. Now, did you continue to play soccer with through high school? Did you switch? Talk more about high school sports. Yeah, so that, that's a great question. So after my grandfather actually passed away, because he went to every one of my soccer games, it was actually hard for me to play. It was weird. I had this mental block. Like, it just didn't feel right. Um, you know, obviously I knew how to play the game, but, you know, having him, I could hear his voice, like pierce through everybody else's, Hey, do this, make this run, this, that, and the other. And when I was out there, it, it just didn't feel right. So I ended up, um, stopping playing soccer, uh, that would be middle school. And then, um, and then I got recruited to play uh, football. So, so, uh, the sports that I played, I started with baseball, soccer, um, basketball, and then I, then I ended up playing football and, uh, and then ran track and field. So I, I pretty much did almost, almost all those team sports because I, I really enjoyed those. Um, then basketball ended up becoming my love. I really, really loved basketball, um, much more than football because uh, our high school just had such a bad football team and I hated getting hit so much. <laughs> so if, if we had a really talented football school like, like where you came from, it, maybe I would have stuck with it. But, you know, they, they were moving me around from different positions. I, I was playing linemen sometimes. I'm like, this is, this definitely is not for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so I, I, I quickly transitioned. I was like, you know, what, I'm going to focus on basketball and, and I, I did track as well. So uh, I, I love being exposed to all the different sports and, and especially of different personalities, different coaching and whatnot. So I, I, I loved every second of it. Speaking of basketball, who did you look up to? Like in the NBA, who was your, who was your guy? Man, of course it's Jordan. I mean, it's got to be the GOAT. So when you see that guy, um, it, unfortunately, most people can't relate to him because he's, he's just so much more athletic than anybody else, even like the NBA guys he, he, he made. So, uh, so I, I, I was a Magic fan uh, growing up because Pittsburgh didn't have an NBA team. I'm certainly not going to cheer for Cleveland or anybody from Ohio, no offense. <laughs> and, I'm, and I don't I don't relate to Philadelphia as well so the only other city that I actually went to as a kid was Orlando because of Disney so uh and this was when they had Shaq, Penny, Dennis Scott so then I ended up becoming a huge uh, Penny Hardaway fan and which I still am 
and, and I still rock the rock the pennies too. So oh, you still have those? Bro, come on. And, well, actually, and they came back out. So yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, because he's coaching at Memphis now. He's co- he's coaching right. at Memphis. He's he's killing it down there. He, I mean, he's just always been a solid guy. And and barring injuries, I, I think he would have been one of the one of the best players ever. So that's true. Now you remember Little Penny? Of course, man, Chris Rock. Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. <laughs> yep, of course I do. Classic stuff, man. Real quick, man. I shared this story in a podcast. You brought up Jordan. So do you remember there was a playoff game, the Bulls versus the Cavs, when Jordan made that incredible shot at the free throw line? Like he was in the air for like 20 seconds, right? Over Craig Elo. Craig Elo. I was, I was at that game with my mom. Are you kidding me? Hold on. It gets better. Right before that shot, timeout, right? Timeout. My mom said, let's beat the traffic, so let's leave. No. And we left. Are you kidding me? Boy, the shot. Bro. That's... It wasn't until Bulls fans were running to the parking lot all excited. He was like, what happened? That's Jordan horrible. hit a shot. And so my aunt was living in Cleveland at the time. We drove to her house. And we saw it on the news, the, uh, the re-airing of it. But I was actually in the building, but we left right before that shot. Wow. That, that reminds me of uh, when Ray Allen hit the shot in Miami to take it to overtime. I don't know if you remember where his heels were out of bounds, but they were up. Definitely. And, and, they, and everybody left. They're like, ah, oh, this is over. And then they were banging down the doors to try to get in for overtime. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm one, I'm one of those guys, especially when it comes to playoffs, and I'm, I'm staying till the end. To the end. Staying to the end. So after high school, what did you do? After high school, I actually went to uh, Robert Morris University. Um, I, I had a couple different offers uh, for basketball. And uh, one of them was actually to go out um, where my uncle lives out to Arizona State, uh, so Phoenix or Tempe. Um, but I ended up wanting to stay close to home, you know, being close to my mom, my brother, everybody. Um, so I, I got far enough away. I was about an hour away out, out on the other side of the city by the airport. And um, beautiful, beautiful campus. I love Robert Morris. I, I was listening to my guy, Wale, who was uh, a dorm mate of mine. Um, wow. So yeah. Wale... The, the artist, the rapper, was a door a doormate of yours. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I was there the time that he got kicked out of school. He he was he was <laughs> so he was wild, baby. He's a super nice guy. Um, he was on the football team, right? Yeah, he was a, he was a running back for the football team. Okay, and, go ahead, continue. Super nice guy. He was actually a poet back then, so he he was writing poetry. More I was going to ask you. That makes sense because I mean he's very uh, lyrical. Of course, yeah. And that 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 was his passion, and obviously he's had a sick career, and I've been following him. Um, he actually would be on that list of potential people that I would listen to as well, just because, uh, you know, I, I don't, we're, I'm not saying we were best friends or whatnot, but it's cool that he went to such a small school, Robert Morris University. I knew him and he would be, and uh, yeah, I played football, played basketball, played different things with him. Um, so yeah, I ended up playing basketball there for the first year. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, sorry. Well, you keep going, you play basketball the first year. Like, are you allowed this year at the Wale story? <laughs> of course. On, on, on of course. So, so what happened? All right. So yeah. So I will. I'll, I'll share that story. So we're, you know, we had the campus lunch area, whatnot, and um, so we're going. We're getting the food, and I'm behind him, and um, yeah, he just starts putting like things in his pockets and putting things in his bag, and 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 the lady says like, "Well, you got to pay for all that." He's like, "Well, what are you talking about? I, I didn't take it." <laughs> So then, so then she's like, no, all that stuff. So he like, fli- he flips the tray and like throws the stuff and walks out of the cafeteria <laughs> and just starts going crazy. 
<laughs> and yeah, so and I and I think he had some other things that he was dealing with. And yeah, yeah I, really, I really think that he honestly didn't really want to be there uh, in general. Like that wasn't the path for him. And and this was just him saying, "All right, I'm done with all this. Let, let me so go on to my my next thing." Which you know that ended up working out for him. <laughs> it definitely has. To say the least, it definitely has. So so you were saying the first year you played basketball. Yeah, so yeah, first year uh, played basketball. Uh, honestly, it was a complete opposite experience of what I had in high school. In high school, uh, our starting five was together since we were probably like 13 years old. Uh, actually, younger than that. Never, never mind. And we, you know, we we were like best friends, hanging out all the time. And the whole team was just a cool, cool environment. Get there. I remember the first practice ever. We walk in. There was a dispute between two players, and the coach was like, "All right." Let's get in the middle of the circle, fight. And I'm like, no way. What do you mean? Promise you, that's what they did. And, and like, I'm talking like fist fight, just, and everybody just surrounds them. And, and there was just a fist fight, like first practice. Are you saying, I thought for sure you were about to say, everybody get together, you got to run. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought too. Nope. Put them in the circle and, and, they, and they fight. I was like, what the heck is this? So, right. So there's more of that. And actually one of the coaches on staff ended up going to Rutgers and he got, he got in trouble. I, I don't know. Cause they got, they had a video of him like throwing basketballs at players. And that was him. That was him. Yeah. That so. makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> because that story was crazy. But now that you, wow. So he, yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. So you were, you were not surprised at all when that story came out. No, when that came out, I was, I was like, yeah, of course. Like I can tell you worse stories that happened, but uh, so, so honestly, it, it was it was just a crazy atmosphere and um so i i ended up i i played for a little bit and i say played like i was practice squad whatever freshman and i was like man this this isn't for me so so i ended up uh leaving the team i a couple of my buddies transferred to other schools i thought about it but i actually still to this day some, some of my best friends and actually groomsmen in my wedding and uh, actually one of the best men in my wedding, uh, went to Robert Morris with me. So I had those relationships. I didn't really want to leave that. So I ended up, uh, dropping out and then just crushed it in, uh, in a real sports, which was fun. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you major in? What did you major in? What did you get your degree in? Yeah. So I, I majored in, uh, business management and entrepreneurship and, uh, there, and that entrepreneur gene, I've always, I've always had it. And Robert Morris, and I actually found out later, uh, probably a couple of years ago, that my dad actually went to Robert Morris too. I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, he went to it when it was a two-year school back in the, back in the day, and uh, so so there's there's a little bit of destiny there. It feels like with, without obviously without knowing. Definitely, no, no, definitely, and and, hold, and also with the entrepreneurship sphere, like that's that's in you. And so, what did you do after graduation? So after graduation, so actually when I was going through Robert Morris, one of the coolest things that I ever did was I, I, I studied abroad in Rome and, um, and that really opened up my eyes. I was 19 and really never traveled, traveled outside of the United States other than Canada, which that doesn't really count coming from Pittsburgh, going to the border. Um, and then uh, when I came back, I graduated early. I graduated in three years and I, I got a job working for, uh, at, for a financial advising firm and uh, went to law school at night, actually uh, came down to Fort Lauderdale. And I went to law school at night. So when, so entrepreneurship, but then when was the switch? You was like, I want to be an attorney. When did that happen? Well, I, I, I always knew that was always in the back of my, my mind, but in my mind, it went hand in hand because all the deals that I saw entrepreneurs were doing, they always needed attorneys. So I was like, well, what, what if I can just learn that aspect of it so that it, even if I'm an entrepreneur, I understand 
the legal parts of it when we when we discuss it. You still want outside counsel to to work on that. So that that's what clicked in my head. And uh, I always knew that I wanted to work with small businesses. I wanted to work. I like the financial sector as well. I like working with people with their finances and, and business owners with their finances. So that's the financial advisor and then the law school. Got you, got you. So how was that balance of, wait, actually I'm going back because I want to hear about the balance of going to, uh, you know, working and then going to law school at night. But how was it transitioning from Pittsburgh to South Florida? How was that? Mm, complete culture shock, man. Yeah. Just a different world. Uh, you know, in Pittsburgh, we, we have our, you know, Friday happy hours and parties on Saturdays and this, that, and the other. In South Florida, man, every night's a party if you want it to be. So that was the first time I heard about like tequila Tuesdays, wine down Wednesdays. They just make up names for everything. Uh, what are these? The, the brunches, the Sunday brunches. And, and what right. my Sunday brunch in Pittsburgh is not like the Sunday brunches they, they have down here. Not at all. <laughs> not at yeah, the, all. The boozy brunches or whatever they call them down here, man. So it's, it's crazy. So especially I, I moved down here when I was 21. Um, so, and it was the first time I was actually making, um, you know, decent money, uh, you know, certainly not killing it, but making enough money where I, where I can have a little more expendable cash and not just spending all my paychecks on shoes at Foot Locker. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was a crazy transition, but, but luckily, uh, I, I have some really strong people in my life that always keep me somewhat balanced. You know, you even if I go off the path a little bit, they help bring me back. And, uh, you know, I found my way and, and I had a couple of friends actually moved down with me from Pittsburgh. So, uh, so that, that was a, that eased the transition a little bit. Yeah. And so, so how was that though? So you spoke to a little bit of having some people to support you through the process, but staying focused on law school while, while still working, you know, your day job in financial management, though, was there, was there a time where you're like, you know, what, I'm just going to stick with this financial space and then not go to law school. Like talk a little bit about that journey. Yeah, absolutely. So, while I was doing it, I didn't realize, you know, it's one, again, one of those things, if you just go into it, you don't realize it. And um, when, when you're an athlete too, you're used to going to school and then having the second job of being an athlete. And so in my mind, it was similar to that. It's just, you know, I just got to put in this extra time. And, and I still remember after going to school at night, I would go out with all my friends and whatnot. And we go to the hard rock or wherever it is. And, and at 21, you're staying out a little later than you normally would. And then just going straight back into the work day, which, you know, nowadays I certainly wouldn't want to do that, nor, nor could I probably do that. Um, but, but back then it was just normal. And I, I remember I ran into a friend of mine that would, he wasn't in law school, but he was a friend of a friend of mine in law school and ran into him a couple of years ago. And I was telling him, I'm a lawyer. He goes, wait, you were in law school when we were going out? <laughs> goes, How the heck did you graduate? Right. <laughs> Uh, you know, you find ways, you find ways to get things done. So it, it, it's amazing uh, what the mind can do if you, if you put it, uh, put it to work. So, um, so that, that, that's it really. I didn't know anything different. And there, there was a time though, probably my second year in law school um, where I was like, man, I could just have a career here as a financial advisor and, and not finish up with all this law school. And, uh, and uh, I had family members that talked me out of that pretty quickly. So I think they just want a lawyer in the family. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Free counsel, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so, so after law school, what was yeah. next for you? Yeah, after law school, I actually um, opened, up a, opened up a law firm. So that's the entrepreneur in me. I, uh, Hold on, Chad. You went initially right into your own law firm? Yeah. 
Yep. Wow. So, so I, I, I had, I worked for, worked for another lawyer while I was in law school to, to learn the ropes and then, then kind of just jumped into it. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend that for everybody. It, it, there's, there's a steep learning curve when it comes to, uh, to, and it's, and it's not just the law, it's everything else, the business of law, it's the relationships, the judges, the, all the parties involved. Like you don't know, sometimes when you're a lawyer, you don't know who you're offending by just doing your job and you just gotta be ready for, for, uh, for people. So, um, so yeah, so that was, that was a crazy journey. Again, though, um, you know, I think the story of my life is I, I surrounded myself with really good people and, and, and they, they helped get me through it. And I, and again, I'm never, uh, never afraid to work. So, uh, yeah. so I, you, you might out, outskill me, but I'll be damned if you outwork me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love that attitude. Let's compete. Let's compete. So yep. the um, one of the words you mentioned a word that we share in uh, with our young people all the time: uh, relationships. The power of relationships. Can you speak to that, please? Man, I I, I think uh, the only way I got to where I am today is because of the relationships that I I've had. So um, you know, starting with obviously my, my family, my mom, my grandfather, um, to the people that I worked with and worked for. Um, at, at the restaurants that, that I started working at, the managers, you know, people invested in me and they invested their time, their knowledge. And, and for that, and, and luckily I have a good memory and I, I, I can remember, you know, lessons from each person that they taught me that I still carry with me to this day. So with all those people making investments in me, it just builds you up over time. And I'm lucky enough and fortunate enough to, if I have an issue come up, that I can call somebody that has more experience than me and, and bounce it off them instead of just having to react and, and kind of guess what, what the best uh, solution would be. I can get somebody that's been through something similar and, and that's really got, that's really gotten, gotten me to where I am now and, and certainly will propel, propel me in the future. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, also the young people who work with, they want to be business owners, want to be entrepreneurs. So speak to just the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, like the things that people may not be aware of because people want to make a lot of money. They want to have this, you know, you, you got a, you got a full staff there and, I, and it, you didn't open up like that. But so mm -hmm. speak to some of that and that grit you got to have to continue to, uh, you know, to grow a business. Yeah. So, so being an entrepreneur, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything world. I, I love it. Um, one thing that people don't realize that, you know, we, we do our payroll every two weeks and, and a pay better be there or, you know, you're not gonna have people that work for you. And there've been times in my career where on payday, I'm going to the bank to make a deposit out of my personal account to the business account. So I just worked 80 hours, hundred hours, whatever it was over that two weeks. And I'm paying for the ability to continue working. That's real, that's authentic, man. That's transparency right there, that's real. That's crazy though, to think yeah. about that. And, yeah. and, and I think you have to be a little special type of crazy to be an entrepreneur, especially one, um, if, if you're employing, we, we have about 40 people uh, that, that work here. Uh, we just celebrated three be, being with me for 11 years. At, at wow. This Congratulations. So, well, how long have you, have you had your firm now? So, um, so I've, been, I've been an attorney now for 12 years. Uh, so a, April of 2009, I, I became licensed. So, so yeah, so 12 and a half years now. And uh, talk, talk about crazy. I have three crazy people that stuck by me for... Uh, for, for 11 years. That, that's, that's pretty remarkable. It is. And especially going from where, where I was, you know, just a, a, a young attorney that I, I had energy. I knew some things, but I didn't know what the heck I was doing. 
and um, to, to where we are now, where, where I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm a little better. Um, so so I, I, it's, it's certainly not for everybody. I would recommend if you're going to do it, you got to have a mentor. Um, you really, and you got to pick your mentor carefully because they'll keep you out of things and show you, show you the right way to do things instead of you, you're trying to learn on the fly and whatnot. And that, that can really, really set you up for uh, success or failure. Yeah, mentorship is huge. The um, to speak to your uh, specialty, like it, had, it has always been the same throughout this uh, twelve year. Yeah, so uh, so my specialty is bankruptcy and, and basically dealing with people's debt or financial issues. So as what a financial, been, um, Kanye's attorney. You know, actually, when he came out when he came out with those crazy tweets that he was going going on that rant where he was like, "I'm in debt and all that," I actually sent him a letter. I sent him an open letter. That I that yes, I you did, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay, Scorpio, don't shoot. You a hooper? That's that's what I'm saying, man. Any <laughs> any anytime he wants to work, you know, he, he's got a pro bono rep representative. <laughs> I'm happy to represent him. Um, so yeah, so uh, so basically, when I graduated, it was down here was was crazy because um, it was the financial meltdown. House values were cut in half. You know, people are losing their homes. People are filing banks bankruptcy like crazy. So I went to where the need was. Um, so I, I had financial knowledge. I had some legal knowledge. So I, I went to where the need was and uh, I fell in love with bankruptcy. I saw the power that it that could have. Um, early in my career, I, I saw people that um, were actually committing suicide because of financial issues. And, and I'm like, man, like there's, there are ways out of this. So I, I learned as much as I could. So um, that was one of the things that stuck with me. Like, and and I've actually written articles now about Squid Games. Squid Games are real, man. I don't know if you've seen Squid Games. But it, I keep it, hearing about it. Have not watched it yet. But go ahead. So, so briefly so explain I, it. And how is it real? Go ahead. Yeah. So and this isn't a spoiler or anything, but it's basically a show about people that have financial issues, and they would rather face death to fix their financial issues than actually just live with them, if you will. And. And that's my takeaway from it. And obviously people can have their own takeaways. And they even talk about bankruptcy in there as well. Um, but it's a real thing that people would rather face death than deal with their financial issues, which is just crazy to think of. But it's just the mindset that we have as, as society um, that if you're dealing with financial issues, you're, you're somehow a failure or whatnot. So I'm, I'm trying to debunk that, debunk that myth. And, uh, and you know, the larger we grow, the more influence we have over that because um, you know, certainly, especially during a, a time when there's a pandemic and there's things that are out of your control, that getting your, getting a fresh reset using using laws to your advantage certainly is not a failure. It's actually a smart decision. So we've gone we've gone through that from um, just being lawyers to being advocates um, to uh, for a cause. I've actually written a book here. So the debt life. That's that, oh, that's me. Wait, when did you release that? Uh, actually, last year. Yeah. Oh, I gotta get it. Tell, tell yeah. us a little bit about the book. Yeah, I'll get I'll get you a copy. So the, it's lessons learned. You got it. You got to autograph it. Of course, of course. Bro. I, I, I've been practicing my autograph since I was five, so it's basically <laughs> perfected. So um, lessons learned from assisting more than fifty thousand people deal with over a billion dollars worth of debt. Uh, so it it basically tells different stories, and 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 the goal of it is to provide hope and realize that you're not the only one dealing with it, and here's here's how what other people have done to deal with it and here's how they're thriving now because they dealt with it so 
So that that's it. I I'm, I'm I feel like I'm too old to uh, switch careers now. So I think I'm gonna stick with this for a little little bit, and um and and just go from there. I, I love what I do. I love coming to work every day. I love the people that I work with, and I just love helping people. That's awesome. That's great. That's great. And so Chad, as you know, you know the mission of Orange Arrow is to coach student athletes, aim for success off the field, off the court, out of the pool, wherever the playing playing arena may be. It's about being more than an athlete, having success outside of your sport. Why is it important to be successful outside of, of sports? Man, it's, it's, you know, it's crazy you even have to ask that question, but it's a real thing because people uh, focus on, obviously, I got to work on my jumper. I got to work on my blocking technique. And they put so many hours and, and hours and hours on, into that. And then, you know, we see people that, you know, fail off the court or off the field. And then that impacts them on the field and on the court. And we wonder, we're like, well, how could they miss that? That's such a basic skill, you know, basic soft skill. Like, don't sign anything without reading it. You know, base, basic things that, that happen, uh, don't send that tweet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what we would consider basic, because we had good coaching, good mentors, or people that have taught us that, a lot of athletes don't have that because they're just so focused, and their coaches or whoever's telling them just, all right, you just got to focus on this. And they leave that, those off the, off the court skills, off the field skills um, for some other day. But that day has got to be now. And, and you have to learn it now so that you can grow. Because just because you grow your muscles doesn't mean you're growing your brain, right? Good. That's good. Yes. So, so, so that's why the, fo the focus is so important. Because unfortunately, um, you know, we can't be athletes forever like Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> as much as we'd, we'd like to. Uh, you can't be an athlete forever. And then there's all those soft skills that you have to learn, really, even if you are the athlete, to be a professional, um, because not all not all professional athletes are, are professional across the board. So there's always that balance. Definitely that balance. Chad, thank you for who you are. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your continued support and the work of Orange Arrow. My guy, Chad, Van, don't forget the space, Horn. Appreciate you, boss. Sean, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you.